Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 10 a.m. meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Thursday, April 20th, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We will be starting our reading on the bottom of page 28, the last paragraph, and we will read through the end of the chapter. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Roxanne T., The Twelve Traditions, Elaine B., and our text readers are Lynn D. and Terry H., and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Roxanne T. if she would please read the 12 steps of OA for us. Hi, thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Roxanne T. in New York, and here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Sorry. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Roxanne T. And I will now ask Elaine B. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. 
Thank you, Monica. Thanks for your service. Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, as such, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to serve us. Thank you, Elaine B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We will be beginning on the very last paragraph on the bottom of page 28 in the following chapter. And we will be reading through to the end of the chapter on page 29. And comments will be taken on all four paragraphs. And with that, I'm going to ask Lynn D. if she would read this for us, please. Thank you, Monica. This is Lynn D. recovered in Colorado. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it. Then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who, were, who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convic- 
convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. <clears throat> Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Well, I, I love this reading um, because it, it, it sure uh, is an example of my own experience. Um, when I came to OA a long time ago, um, I had a lot of issues with uh, the religious God of my childhood. But, you know, it really was no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. The steps really took me right through all that. I got to let go of any resentments I had towards God. And then I didn't look at it as I, w I was establishing a relationship with God. I looked at it as I just did the step work. I just did what I was told. Um, and this higher power was there with me. At the very beginning to get me at that meeting, was a, a real miracle without me uh, struggling uh, with the idea that it's a good place for me or not. Um, I just went to the meeting. So higher power got me to the meeting, and then I was able to put the food down. So I knew that was a power much greater than myself, and I wanted more of that power. Um, God has revealed been revealed through this way of living um, over the years, and my uh, relationship has evolved tremendously into something very beautiful. And I, I really don't take that for granted. I, I, it's just the way of life I need to live, and I'm really grateful for it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lindy. And before I open it up, we are on page. 28, we're starting at the last paragraph on page 28 through the end of the chapter in 29. So we're taking comments on all four of those paragraphs. And who else would like to share here this morning? Charles H. Charles. A-J-N. A-J-N. Elaine B. Elaine. Oh, you're being so nice to me, you guys. <clears throat> Anybody else? All right, we'll start with that. Charles H., A-J-N, and then Elaine B. You're up, Charles. Good morning. Thank you, Monica T. That's that West Coast stuff, man. We, they take it easy on the West Coast, man. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> H. <laughs> Charles H. a recovered compulsive overeater. And, man, this, there's a lot packed here. Uh, I want to focus in on where it says, and we believe that it's only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. You know, I believe that newcomers, um, newcomers, I, I can could, I could just remember or relate my experience as a newcomer uh, coming to vision, you know, when I went to Miami in 2013 uh, for my brother's funeral. Um, 
and, and I went to an OA meeting down there, and somebody passed me the, the, the number to vision. And I heard y'all on here. I was like, man, I'm all I'm hearing, I ain't hearing no, I'm not, I'm just hearing uh, beauty. I'm hearing a lot of beauty, but it sounded like chalkboard to me. Um, but, I, you know, maybe maybe for me, I'd just be wanting to hear many fifth steps in, in shares. I'm, I'm bugged out like that. But I just believe in disclosing myself on a daily basis to the best of my ability um, because I need to put my – you know, if I had it all together, I wouldn't be on this line, right? And it has nothing to do with food for me. Uh, but in the beginning it did. I'm like, y'all crazy. What you mean you, you do without this, you do without that? No, show me how you can stay recovered, um, Charles, uh, by worldly clamors, things going on in the world, blaming God for stuff that, that men do. That I do, right? I'll share real quick that um, there's this pastor that disrespected my family. See, my pastor, it don't matter the gender, but, you know, I could have went out with her. I was like, no, I don't like you, straight up. And, and, and you know what? That's, <laughs> that's disclosing myself. I need to disclose my problems, and I'm, I'm going to go to her and say, you know what, and I'm not going to do it the big book where I'm going to say, you know what, and I shouldn't discuss her stuff, but you know what? Nobody can control how people, everybody has their own touch on it. I am not perfect. I'm not, you know, I don't believe in taking a book down from the shelf and all that. It ain't on the shelf. It's on my, but I believe in the ideas. I think people are blocked by the simple religious idea. It's not religion. It's the simple religious idea that is, is blocking a lot of people. It, it even blocked religious people. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H. AJN, it's your turn, and then it'll be Elaine B. Did you call on me, Monica, AJN? I did. Okay, thank you. I was unmuting. This is AJN, uh, gracefully recovered, compulsive overeater, and I'm so excited to be on a live meeting. Don't get to do this very often. Um, very grateful. Um, I, what really jumped out with me is... Um, the, the clear-cut directions and, and how we establish our relationship with God. And for me, you know, I always believed in God, and I wanted a relationship with God. And I'd read the Bible, and, but I just just never, never could get it. it um, just it didn't work for me. And, and it wasn't until I came to this Vision for You Big Book Study and started studying the big book and going through the clear-cut directions that things opened up, it was like the missing piece of a puzzle. It was, I didn't realize I was unblocked. And, and once, you know, I went through those, those clear-cut directions and became unblocked, all of a sudden the Bible made more sense to me. And I always like to say that my big book is like a Bible for dummies. You know, they always used to have the Microsoft for dummies, this for dummies. My big book was my Bible for dummies. And it just helps, you know, I now grasp the principles in the Bible and can and apply them in my life. Um, and that was through the big book. And that's all I wanted to share. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, AJN. Elaine B., it's your turn. Thank you so much again, Monica, for your service. Uh, UMB recovered in Massachusetts, and so very grateful for this 10 o'clock meeting and uh, for this book in my hand, this little chip of a book that has changed my life because it's changed so many lives. <laughs> um, so they just clear-cut, clear-cut 
you know, um, this is a all all inclusive, never exclusive program. Um, especially when we start out, that program of attraction instead of uh, promotion. <laughs> We're studying some of the um, traditions earlier today, and I'm just so grateful that it was that because it was attraction that got me into this program. People who had what I wanted starting out with thin body and sanity around the food, but then when I noticed that there was a distinction of people who lived the, the 12 steps, that there was even more more attraction. How did I know that? Because they told their stories, the very language of um, their recovery and sharing in meetings and qualifying um, helped me identify in that they really had something I had, which was the problem of uh, twisted relationship with food, but they also had something I did not have, which they had a power, a daily reprieve, and they had a sanity and a peace, and um, I wanted that. I really, really wanted that, and I I worked hard for it, and um, finally, so grateful that I found my way to get through these steps and, and such a wonderful environment to continue living them every day and sharing them every day in a community that I can do that. But most of all, the higher power that I didn't realize I was blocked from. Even though I had a relationship with God, I had a spiritual sickness. I had a blocking, a block from God that I didn't even know was there. There was a level that I was agnostic that I just didn't know that God could help me in the area of food. And it was actually taking these clear-cut instructions, having somebody guide me through it, um, that unblocked my way, that helped clear up my spiritual malady. And with that, my emotions and my body lined up. And if I continue to do this work, then they'll continue to line up. But guess what? If I don't continue to do this work, um, man, I'm going to be right back out there. So thank you that there's such this amazing uh, group of people doing these steps and trying to do these steps. And we can all get together and Somebody talks about staying in the middle of the herd and what a great herd it is. So grateful for this uh, fellowship. And um, just also want to share the importance of sharing our stories because uh, we never know who we will attract by them. And with that, I I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. And who else would like to share? Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. Sean E. B. Sean E. Wait, hold on. Shawnee B, was it? Yes. Rocky A. Rocky A. Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Okay. All right. This is what I've got. I've got Elizabeth D, Shawnee B, Rocky A, and Jody EQ. You're up, Elizabeth D. Thank you. This is Elizabeth Dowdy in Cincinnati. Recovered compulsive overeater. Um, <clears throat> I just well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, every time there's something read, I just think, oh, it's my favorite part of the book. Um, these four paragraphs. I think whoever is choosing what paragraphs we read and bundling them t- together does a really good job. These four paragraphs um, speak volumes to my experience. <clears throat> when I first came in. Um, First of all, I didn't realize I was an agnostic, as it says in the first paragraph, you know, addressed to the agnostic, <clears throat> you know, and I, because I had a belief in God, I had a relationship with God. So my problem wasn't God or a higher power. My problem was that 
I was afraid I was going to have to that, that someone was want me to consider something else than what I already had. So I was kind of freaking out about that, but I was desperate to stop eating. So I hung around. Um, but it, but it's funny. I, I, I discovered that I actually am an agnostic. You know, I, I believed in God, but didn't think God was going to take care of me or um, wouldn't make a difference, you know, in my life. <clears throat> that I have to take care of certain things and, and he would have to take care. And he took, you know, he took care of certain things and I took care of everything else. And uh, so this, this experience, first of all, taught me that I was an agnostic. The second thing I, I learned is that while I did come here with a relationship with God, it, uh, it wasn't what I needed to, it, you know, I, it, I wasn't accessing the power. So this experience of working the 12 steps totally reconfigured my relationship with God. Um, and it's interesting that the book says clear-cut directions are given, shown, are given showing how we recovered. You know, they are followed by 43 personal experiences. You know, experiences means they're not opinions because I'm not interested in someone's opinion of an experience they haven't had yet. So... I have to look for people, um, individuals in the in the rooms on the meeting lines uh, that have had this experience who sound sane, <clears throat> and then it goes on to tell me how I should convey my own story. When I first came into the rooms, all I heard about were how people were eating out of garbage cans and things like that, and there was a lot of things being talked about that I never did. Um, but right here, it tells us how to tell our story. It's it's about how the purpose of our stories is to convey that we have established our relationship with God. And um, it's just amazing that that these 12 steps can do that to someone when they already think that they have what they they needed in the first place. And that was me. I, um, I can't get over how beautiful my relationship with God is right now and how wonderful uh, the freedom is to be free from compulsive eating, to be so completely free and neutral with food. Um, it's awesome. And to get this psychic change, uh, time it's just a gift. So I thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Shawnee B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Rocky A. Hi, this is Shawnee B., grateful, comp- recovered, compulsive overeater from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, in my experience, this is what allowed me to identify in this last sentence here. Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing because I came into the rooms completely broken. Food was controlling my life and I wanted it to stop, but I didn't know how I was fighting the food day in and day out, trying to stop, trying to get control back, trying to get back on track on my diet. Like I've been, like I've had success in the past. But those successes were always short-lived. They really never had any lasting effect. Um, And when I came into the rooms, the first thing that I heard was that um, there is, that that we too have this thing. Everybody was explaining my own experiences that I experienced. And um, it showed me that, first of all, I am not alone in this and that other people feel the same way that I do. And then it also allowed me to understand that there is a solution. These same people that were saying that they ate exactly like me 
were saying that they no longer do that for a long term and that they do it happily. See, I was never able to do it happily. I was always fighting and fighting and fighting. Even when I had some semblance of control, it was a fight for me. And it was a miserable way of living. And I was torn between just giving up and giving in and just knowing that I didn't want to live this way. And um, the part where it says that we have clear-cut directions showing how we recovered, those are the directions that are given in the big book. My sponsor never once told me what to do. We rather read the big book together. And the book told me what to do. She only gave me her experience. She shared her experience, and I'm forever grateful for that. Um, with that, I passed. Thank you, Shoni B. Rocky A, it's your turn, and then it'll be Jody EQ. Good morning. This is Rocky A. Can I be heard? Yes, you may. Um, so, good morning. I'm Rocky I recovered in Arizona. Uh, thank you all for being there. Um, yes, I mean, dear <laughs> to everybody, the shifts have been great, um, and I did find God. Uh, when I came into program, I was uh, completely lost, and um, I had no God, and so when I came and uh, they started talking about God, I didn't like it, but I was in such pain that it's like, well... Let's see if these people is true. It's not going to work for me. And long and behold, it did. To my surprise, um, I was able to meet somebody whose problem was resolved. And um, he mentored me and, and guided me to vision for you and uh, just pointed to my book, to my book, and Yes, clear-cut directions. If you do what they say in the book, um, you do recover uh, amazingly. And uh, now that I am recovered and I'm helping people get recovered, I can see it where they say um, uh, people who do not recover is because they don't have the capacity to be honest with themselves. And sorry, I'm walking. So I've seen it, and so... Uh, when people don't want to do the work, I just uh, let them go. I don't chase them. I don't get into God's, you know, God's work in them. Um, I feel bad for them. You know, it hurts, but then again, it's, it's their choice. And so, just very thankful uh, because I had the message diluted uh, for six months until, thank God, I met this gentleman and and he mentored me. Uh, so I, to the newcomer, I would just encourage them to really um, embrace the big book. I know it's tiny print and no pictures, but uh, it works. So uh, work it because you work it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. Eh? Jody EQ, it's your turn. Thank you, Monica T. This is Jody EQ, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in California. Good morning, everyone. So in the first paragraph, it says, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions, meaning agnosticism, no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. It is surprising. You would think, because this is a spiritual program, these 12 steps, 
that one would need to believe in God. But that is not the case. One of our uh, speakers, Lori C., talks about his agnosticism and how it is not an obstacle in his life. You can look him up on our website. Uh, I don't happen to be an agnostic, but there are many of us who are, so that is not an obstacle. Don't let that be an obstacle for you if you are agnostic. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. And yes, as many have said already, it's these clear-cut directions given in the big book that we follow, and it's pretty straightforward and simple. And as a sponsor, my job is to bring my sponsees to the big book, show them the clear-cut directions, and encourage, you know, share my experience, strength and hope with them, but use the big book as the guide. The big book is the guide. I find it very interesting in the next chapter, uh, paragraph that it says, that each individual describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. In other words, that is the most important part of their story, how he established his relationship with God. So that kind of contradicts what was said earlier, that you don't have to believe in God. Remember that the big book says that we can choose our own conception of God. Although we may not believe in God, quote unquote God, most of us who work these 12 steps have a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening, and we feel the presence of something. We may not want to call it God. We may not think of it as God, but we feel something. And so, as we tell our own story, suggested here, that we describe how we establish this relationship with that something. I often call it mysterious. To me, it is mysterious. I can't claim to understand it, but I do feel it. And I'm so grateful that I do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody EQ. And before I open it up, we are on the bottom. Somebody needs to mute. We're hearing a lot of noise. We're on the bottom of page 28, the very last paragraph starting in the following chapter. And we are going all the way through to the end of the chapter on page 29. And that's what we're taking shares on this morning. And who else would like to share this morning? Mary H. Okay, Mary H., and then I heard something N, I think. Stephanie N. Stephanie. Thank you. Stephanie N. Anybody else? Carrie A.H. Carrie A.H. Okay. Sherry K.B. C.B.B. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that again. C.B.B. C.B.B. CBB from Vermont. See, oh, Phoebe. <laughs> you all have to put up with my little ears. Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> all right, anybody else? 
Okay, this is what I've got. Mary H., Stephanie N., Carrie A.H., Sherry K.B., and Phoebe. All right, Mary H., you're up. Good morning. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. And sorry, in the beginning when I unmuted, I got all excited and pulled out my highlighter and I started marking my book, realizing I was still unmuted, so I was making a lot of noise. But it was good noise. I was excited about sharing. Um, So the part that I want to share on is on page 29, that sentence, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. And I love focusing on that sentence because I think that before I really understood how important the spiritual part of the program was, um, I just, when I read these stories in the back, it just read, they were like, I don't know, you know, drama stories of how people got well and it was like, oh, it got bad and then it got really bad and then it got worse and then it, and then they had hope and then it got really bad again, you know, it just goes bad, bad, bad. And then at the very end, they found AA and everything was, life was better. And I, so I felt like my focus, at least when I read them, was more on, oh, this terrible story, this terrible thing happening, and not on what the real purpose is, is to understand their, in their own language and from their point of view how they establish their relationship with this higher power because, as we know, the spiritual part of the program is everything. And I... It wasn't until I fully got that and that it was more than just tools and fellowship, with it, which are awesome, but it never got me recovered. Um, I was uh, on our intergroup meeting recently, and we were discussing the World Service Business Conference, some of the issues coming up, but apparently there's a new tool being <laughs> a new tool being being brought to you know, discussion, and I just felt like, ah, not another tool, and then we spent almost the whole intergroup talking about what do we think about the tool, how do we define the tool, do we like the tool, and I thought, oh, this is where it gets watered down, and it's not about how we establish our relationship with this higher power, and and I voiced my opinion, and everyone went, oh, hmm, (laughs) like, Okay, Mary. No, no, I, I, I'm sure that they were also, um, you know, it was just a, okay, I'm stumbling over my words, so I think I'm going to stop because I said enough, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Mary H. Stephanie N., it's your turn, and then it'll be Cherry A.H. Thank you for your service, Monica. Um, it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Um, That is what I love so much about the program is that people are vulnerable. They aren't afraid to be who they are. And um, 
that was where I was really blocked before the program. I thought I had to be perfect to be acceptable. And I was completely wrapped up in fear, fear mostly of rejection, um, but lots and lots of other fears. Um, I placed my value in the opinions of others, and I wanted to hide my problems. I wanted to look like I had it all together and um, never let anybody see anything that was wrong. I would not share my problems um, with anyone. And through that, I was actually isolating myself, um, unbeknownst to me. I didn't know that was what I was doing, but I was. And um, I wanted to have friends, but I was pushing my friends away. I was pushing my family away um, because I could not be vulnerable. Now I am not afraid to be imperfect. My value is in God alone. And, um, and I'm free of, you know, the opinions of others. I don't, it doesn't affect my value anymore. I mean, sometimes it affects um, my self-esteem. I have to attempt step on it, but it doesn't affect deeply my value. Um, because as a result of the steps, I had the spiritual awakening that allowed me to see the truth. And I am free now to be the person that my higher power intended me to be. And I do have good relationships now with my family and friends. And at the center of all of it is this wonderful relationship with God, um, my higher power, who I'm, whom I call God. And I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for that and for that truth. And, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you, Stephanie Ann. Terry A.H., it's your turn, and then it'll be Sherry K.B. Good morning, Monica. My, num- my name is Terry A.H., recovered compulsive overeater from Maine, and I just want to tie my whole share kind of into all four paragraphs. And uh, so, you know, what I've learned, every word in the previous chapters have really allowed me to see myself, you know, enabling me to say that, yes, I'm one of them too. I must have this thing. And I just kind of want to do a recap, you know, what what we've learned, what I've learned up to this, you know, up to page 29. And, you know, the beginning of this chapter on page 17, you know, it talks about the cement that binds us together. And, it's not just that I have a, a common problem, but that I also have found a common solution. And, you know, the common problem being the physical allergy together with the mental obsession that if I exhibit these symptoms, I have probably placed myself beyond human aid. But the good news is that there's a common solution, and they talk about that on the top of page 25, which I call the page of hope. And there is a solution being that I too can have a deep and effective spiritual experience. And so, what they're going to do is they're going to give me this treasure map to follow with 12 golden nuggets, which will lead me to the real treasure. And um, they're going to give me clear-cut direction, showing me how this awakening was produced, which is the whole purpose of this book. And um, they're also going to answer specifically to my question, what do I have to do? Um, and they don't even have a desire to convince me that there's only one way of faith that can be acquired that I'm also free to choose my own conception of God and that with this and following this true treasure map that I too can recover. And, you know, the whole thing I say, you know, where do I sign up? And I'm here to share with you this is exactly what has happened to me. And I'm here to share with you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry A.H. Sherry, KB, it's your turn, and then it'll be Phoebe B. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Um, 
I love what has been said um, so far here. And, you know, I want to just jump on the wagon here on the first paragraph about, you know, the the chapter about the agnostic. Um, You know, I I have heard so many people talk about how um, they didn't think they were agnostic. And um, I didn't think I was agnostic either um, because I had a relationship with a power greater than myself. But what I realized is I was agnostic around the food. Um, I didn't ask God for help around the food. I didn't think God had time for me to help me with the food. And I was sort of making my higher power, my errand boy, I'll do this if you do that, or if you take care of this, I'll do that. And what I've learned here is that it helps me to establish a deeper relationship with a power greater than myself um, because that is what's going to carry me through this entire book and through all the steps and to get unblocked and to have a better relationship with a power greater than myself because I didn't know I had a spiritual malady. And with, with, because I had a spiritual malady, I had a mental twist and a mental obsession. And without being in fit spiritual condition, um, I will continue to have that mental obsession and that mental twist. But if I do the steps, which is the clear-cut directions that we're being given here and how we are to recover. And so um, that's the beautiful thing of it is there's a lot of controversy in the rooms about when people hear us say we're recovered. Um, I think they think we're coming from a place of arrogance, and it's not. It's just that we have been taken through the steps and that the mental obsession, the mental twist has been lifted and that if we continue to work in the steps and be of service to others, we will stay recovered. And to me, that's what it's all about there. And then um, the individual stories are describing in their own language. So they're giving their own point of view about how they established a relationship with God. But they're talking about how they got, um, you know, free from the drink, but we're we're getting free from the bite and um, because we're establishing a relationship and we get to do it in our own way. And then I love at the end here, it talks about um, hope. There's a lot of hope here. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is the only by fully exposing ourselves and our problems that we will be persuaded to say, yes, I want, I am one of them, too. I must have this thing. So we've got to expose. For me, I have to expose my, my story, my problems, so that I can get into the steps and get freed and get unblocked from my higher power. I'm grateful. So grateful for this program, and I bet I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB and Phoebe B. It's your turn. Sorry, I pressed star six. That's for another meeting. Um, good morning. This is Phoebe B. Uh, recovered food addict in Vermont. Recovered, not cured. Um, I have learned some extremely powerful lessons about relationship with my higher power since a very devastating relapse six months ago, and I'll celebrate six months of abstinence um, next week. And um, the the sentence that really highlights this for me uh, is each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. What I'm learning and embracing is that a relationship with God is ever-deepening and ever-growing. It's a process. There's no end product. The process continues every day depending on my honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. How willing am I 
to hear what my fellows say? How willing am I to hear what comes to me in a morning meditation? How willing am I to hear what comes to me in my daily writing? And in the AA 12 and 12, on page 34, um, it says that we saw that we were powerless over alcohol, food, but we also perceived that faith of some kind, if only in AA itself, is possible to anyone. These conclusions did not require action. They required only acceptance. So in steps one and two, it's an acceptance and a willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. And then it goes on to say, like all the remaining steps, step three calls for affirmative action. So that's where we begin taking the actions. And then what I'm reminded on the next page in the AA 12 and 12 is that without this constant process and stroking and working and writing and talking and reading, is that though self-will may slam it shut again, that willingness and the door, as it frequently does, it will always respond the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. And that is the key to understanding and growing my relationship with a higher power. And I am forever grateful um, that I'm part of this program. And I get to hear people talking every day about their relationship with their higher power. And mine grows daily because of what I hear from my fellows in this program. So thank you. And I feel um, so grateful to be able to be live on this meeting today. It's very rare that I get to be live on a Vision for You meeting. So I'm appreciative for the people who started the 10 o'clock meeting and appreciative to hear voices I've not ever heard before. So thank you, and with that, I will pass. Thank you, Phoebe. And we've got five minutes left, so two a little bit shorter shares. And who would like those two spots? Michael Wolf. Any R? I heard Michael. Michael And something R. Wendy R. Again, I heard something. Andy R. Annie A N N I E R. A M M I E. Okay, Michael W. and Amy R. All right, Michael, you're up. Okay, great. <laughs> I've been trying to get on for a while, I'm trying to figure out all these numbers. But anyway, um, the challenge to me in the beginning, in 1984, was the God thing. And people kept saying, your condition of God, your understanding of God. And I said, he doesn't exist. And someone was smart enough to say, well, pray to that God. So I prayed to a God that doesn't exist. And guess what? It worked. Because God isn't worried about how we address him. He knows who he is. It's not like he's stupid. I pray, and it goes to God, period. And I find that wonderful. It's changed my life, my whole life since then. And that's been a long time. And these these newfangled ideas about new tools, I mean, it don't matter. They'll just wear themselves out and disappear. But 
God is a thing, and it doesn't matter how you define him or what you call him. You can call him the cupboard if you want. You can call him anything. But when you pray, it goes right to God. It does for me. And I pass. Thank you, Michael W. Amy R., it's your turn. Hi, this is Annie R. from uh, PA. Um, I just want to say that uh, I go to one face-to-face meeting because on the top of 29 here, further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of um, big book face-to-face meetings. Um, I have managed to finagle one one, uh, day a week or one day a month, you know, that we read the big book. Of course, I want to do it every day. so I'm really grateful that um, there are several different um, big book study meetings that are phone meetings that I can call into, and this is uh, one of them. And um, I read here each individual and personal stories that I can identify with, described in his own language from his own point of view, the way he his relationship with God. And, um, you know, that reminds me that I got well and that I can get well one day at a time because of my relationship with God. And that I have to, you know, do that every day. I have to keep that open every day. And I love this part at the bottom here where, um, where he says, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And I think that's so important to remember that um, our stories are so important, but it doesn't mean that I sit down on the second Thursday of the month and tell my story from birth to now, you know. Um, what it means is that I'm, I listen and I'm guided as I work with others and as I share in meetings and I'm guided by God to share those parts that were sad, that were bad, but now are experience, strength, and hope for someone else. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And I'm not quite sure if it was Annie or Amy, so I'll say both, and hopefully I've covered it. It's <laughs> we- Aunt Annie. Annie. <laughs> thank you, Annie. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Terry H., could you read for us, please, from page 164? Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in the morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. Obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.